0: Oh, baby, WCW, bash at the beach, that's right, Matty Daddy, Joey Wright, and the Burner of Stone are going to the beach, sunblock is on, speedos and sunglasses, where the eyes are looking and we're liking, Piper, Hogan, Rodman, NWO, let's go.
1: the wrestling man podcast bang bang you know go. why don't you give it to him one more time <laughs> Whoo, that's who's standing here today hold one arm drag hold two arm bar this is
2: rep screwed rep
1: Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. You know who I am, but you don't know
2: why I'm here. All three, the moss-covered, 3 handle family verdunzel. From the top
1: to the bottom. Because they can't handle the macho man Randy Savage, the cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so.
0: Oh, oh, it's the Maddie Daddy. That's right, we are live and in living color Daytona At right, the Wrestling Mat Podcast We're going back, 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 back To 1997 Bash at the Beach That's right, one year after the Hogan heel turn Here we are Rodman, Hogan, the Torture rack. Maybe some fake sting, we'll see But it's time to get busy and get going So without further ado you used to seeing him on a Harley. It ain't Sturges yet, baby. It is time to grind. And the time
3: is now. Framed for murder, now he prowls the badlands. An outlaw hunting outlaws. A bounty hunter.
2: A renegade. Burner
0: of stone, Clayton, Mr. Big Shot. Welcome to the show. Oh, man. Happy to be here, brother. Always a pleasure. How how we doing, Clayton? What's new, my man? If If I I was doing a mock, and now you're here dominating ass, what's up? Well, all I got to say is if I was doing any better, I'd have to be twins just to handle my God.
2: Things are great. You know, kill the draft. uh, Here to kill this. Smash some ass, like you said, and just dominate. Uh
0: love playing two hand touch eating way too much and twins you said smash an ass and smash
2: we could not have ass. Ass.
0: smash an ass woo, woo, woo. we could not smash ass without the I'm ass man ass there man. it is that's right you used to that guitar now riff you're used man. to the entertainment the hot rod but tonight you are getting mr ass
3: joey wright welcome to the show thank you thank you guys you guys are out of control tonight but i'm ready for it i'm here for it let's talk some back to the beach 30 minutes from my house actually where were this place
0: and we're talking 97 but before we get started because bash at the beach, bi- bash at the beach excuse me i said bash at the bitch um,
3: bash at we'll the talk beach talk about deborah in a little bit
0: oh deborah my baby um so 97 was the year after hogan's heel turn and i know we've recovered you know bash at the beach 96 we'll probably do another show but joey you were at one of these bashes at the beach and you were at the biggest one in history kind of fill us in on that experience
3: yeah so one year before this one took place um i was at the uh, leg drop with a leg drop of doom when hogan was the third man um it was an incredible moment uh that i will you know when you're seeing something that now has gone down in history in professional wrestling history and even it's crossed over professional, uh, professional wrestling you know when lebron left cleveland and went to miami they showed that clip of hogan you know turning heel to join and so you know it was an incredible moment when it happened i remember my stepfather called it and um we all thought it was going to be someone else um and everybody did kids everybody crying was... people yeah. throwing stuff um, I always hated Hogan, and I'm sure we'll talk about this. I think I've mentioned on every single um, pod I've been on with you that I just don't like Hulk Hogan. But uh, So I felt very validated. Me and Bobby Heenan that night were uh, riding high together because we had always been right about him. And uh, just an incredible moment when it happened.
0: So you hate Hogan, and you love Piper. Well, we're talking yes, Piper yeah. tonight. Piper Flair the card. Yeah! Mm-hmm. Burner, dude. 1997. How many
2: years young were you in 97? Let's see. July 13th, 97. I would have been 12, almost 13 years old. Just a baby. Just a baby. We,
0: uh, that was our childhood. That was, you know, kind of what we did. Maddie, Daddy was 10 years young. Just a baby. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Are you guys ready to get to the show? Let's get to it. Let's do it. Tony Loke would say. Let's do it. We start off with the promo of the NWO spray painting and beating down Luger and Giant. So we're getting Rodman and Hogan. Rodman's first appearance in a match with Hollywood Hogan and a baby face Giant. Does Giant not look like
3: a baby in this, like little vignette just looks so young absolutely yeah it's so, it's it's funny looking at him with just like long hair clean shaven and dude, all the trash in the ring like wrestling's hot right now this is the the kiddies titties
0: this is a big night um announcers dusty Rhodes, tony Schiavone, bobby the brain and then of course a little bit of mike Tenay from time to time and your gene oakland these are the staples of wcw all we missed was larry Sabisco. Dude, how do you compare this Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain heman, uh announced team compared to what they got on WWF
3: with Lawler and Ross? Um, I, I mean, I'm a huge Bobby Heenan fan. And even this Bobby Heenan that's a little more um, actually favoring the faces, which is not Bobby up Bobby Heenan's alley. Um, he's being a little more nicer. It's more the NWO WCW split. Um, I love it. I mean, there was something that Jim Ross – and Lawler had together on those Raws, though. That was incredible. Um, and other than Gorilla, Monsoon, and Bobby Heenan, I don't think that's been touched, um, those two together. But, I mean, I always love listening to Bobby Heenan. I mean, he oh, called he's... my favorite, as far as an announcer calling a match, my favorite announcer ever calling a match is Heenan with the 92 Rumble. Like, just Ooh, look at incredible. you. I love how
0: you have favorites.
3: Hopefully, yeah. I'm your favorite one day. Yes, What man, are your thoughts, <laughs> Burner? You do the Dusty
2: Rhodes impression. All Let the me tell time. you something, baby. So when, I, when I'm looking at these two teams side by side, you see now King and Jr. Now they're match made in heaven, and they're iconic, absolutely iconic. But if you got Dusty on the panel, baby, there ain't no comparison. Even if I'm paired up with that pencil neck geek, Bobby the Brain Heenan, who ruined Hogan in '96 when he said, "Whose side is he on?" But That's neither here nor there. If Dusty's on the card, baby, you know that team has taken it. Dusty with that list, baby. It
0: is so good. Hmm. Let's get started with the show. Out first. Glacier and Ernest Miller versus Wrath and Mortis with James Vanderbilt. This is a play on Mortal Kombat at its finest. Maybe a couple years too late. But you've got Glacier, Flat Top, all suited up, that Sub-Zero vibe, you got Rapid Mortis, which is Brian Cart, or Brian Clark and Chris Canyon, I believe, and just kind of, I guess the big thing of this match is that they took Glacier's helmet, so for an opener, we see this match go on, we see it just kind of crazy, you get the chained foot, they get some three count undefeated Glacier streaks over. Give me some takeaways on this match, man. Let's start with you, Clayton. What are some of your main takeaways from this action, these kicks, this karate style, this Mortal Kombat?
2: First of all, it seems like I can't come across a pay-per-view where I do not have a Brian Clark or a Brian Adams in my face. They are everywhere. They are for all companies. They are at all different gimmicks. Uh I, I live for, for for spotting them when I didn't remember they were there. It's crazy, man, how how all over the place they were. But I loved Glacier. I loved Mortis. Uh the Wrath character, you know, nah. Yeah. Ernest the Cat Miller. I'm the greatest. Come on, baby. That was yeah, early was... Ernest
0: cat miller too this isn't like where he's just dancing that's the one i remember
2: i don't remember remember the serious like karate ass kicker oh yeah no when he came out he was he was he was serious the martial arts and i mean there was something about uh, you know you know glacier was a total sub-zero ripoff i mean it's pretty obvious and then you have then you have uh mortis you know chris canyon i love that character when it came out I just I, th- I thought it was the coolest damn thing, and especially feuding with Glacier, it was like the supernatural feud. Which, if you tuned into the draft, you know I like that kind of stuff. So, you see how hot the crowd was for, for Glacier? Like super they were hot.
0: amped for this match. Um, what about you? Let's talk, Joey. Let's let's talk Wrath and Mortis because this is Adam Bomb, Brian Clark. This is a big freaking dude, 6'8", and then you have Canyon before Canyon really broke
3: out. What were your thoughts of this match and kind of these personalities, characters? I mean, this is like one of those wrestling matches that, you know, WCW pulled a lot of and WWE does, too, where they go into pop culture and they grab something. And like you you've already said, Mortal Kombat. I mean, it's the first note on my page. It's like a Mortal Kombat match. (laughs) but, you know, I really enjoyed it. I really loved Ernest Miller. I was so shocked by how much I enjoyed the hell out of him in the ring. Um, and, Wrath, I mean, seeing Adam Bomb, ba- it took me a minute to be like, oh, that's Adam Bob. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, I-, I enjoyed it. It was a good opening match. I-, I think it served its purpose. I think some of the cool
0: spots. Um, I like the reverse Boston Crab with the leg drop off the top rope. I thought that was a real cool, like, tag move from a. Uh, wrath and mortis little things brian clark dude he looked like he had the body he something was missing because it's like he's six eight he's a big dude I feel like maybe it was intensity. He, you know, he's pumping up the crowd at times, but his moves, it was just kind of slow. It was like, I don't know if he was trying too hard to be a big man, but if he just had some of that intensity like, like uh, Ahmed Johnson, a Psycho Sid had, I thought he could have been a lot more over. I, I don't remember much of Adam Baum, but I was, I, I was mesmerized by his size. I was like, this is a big dude. Why is he not more, you know, more up top, but he just didn't have it.
3: Yeah, I actually like the look of Wrath more than I like the Adam Baum look. I mean, that the Adam Baum look is just like way too much going yeah, it's on. It's goofy. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's, you know, early 90s WWE for you. But when then you see the spot where he's walking the middle rope,
0: that takes some pretty good skill right there with balance. I thought that was cool. Um, just little motions and then the kicks that Ernest Miller were putting on people. Holy shit. Those look painful, man. And they looked real. Like, It looked like he was beating the crap out of people. So WCW for an opener, would you say that's a pretty good match? Like to start the show from when you see Glacier and, you know, Wrath and Mortis come out, you're kind of like, oh, what am I getting here? Like you said, it's a Mortal Kombat ripoff. But for the most part, I thought this was a doable opening match. Have you guys seen the new Mortal Kombat? I have. Oh, yeah. I like it. Good.
3: Ryan Patrick was excellent, as a-
0: <laughs> dude. That was a good movie. I was, and then the Scorpion thing—I'm ruining it for everybody at the end. That was spoiler. fucking badass. Yeah, <laughs> take it. You know, it's not a spoiler. Mean Gene Okerlund's hotline and the AOL computer. You see DDP at the computer typing in. Oh, everybody's asking the mystery opponent.
3: Um, what, what diamond dad? Is that what he said? Something just goofy as shit. I just want to point out the hotline is no longer active. Just <laughs> we have to say that. And
2: I, I just want to point out that it was a dollar fifty nine a minute. Did anybody ever pay for any of those? Oh, you no.
0: You
3: guys. The only time you would have I if ever... your parents would have
0: let you, though, right? <laughs> Probably the only time yeah.
3: I ever called one of those um was actually for a king of the ring. And I don't mm. know why I remember this. I voted for Tatanka to be in the King of the Ring. I called him i don't know i like tatanka i guess when i was that age hey,
0: and i love tatanka's music so you just incorporated a Tatanka sound drop so thank you so we get the ddp asking questions he just looks like a natural at the computer crazy what we see here and then let's go right to match two jericho and ultimo dragon man ultimo dragon um the cruiserweight this is a cruiserweight championship match Hell of a match, I thought. One of the best matches of the night. You get a, a roll-up win by Jericho. Good handshake after the match. Joey, I'm going to start with you because you are Mr. Strong style. You love, you know, the overseas wrestling. This strong style, this Japanese style, Ultimo Dragon, early Chris Jericho. What were your thoughts of this match, my man?
3: I don't think it's going to surprise anyone. This is my favorite match of the night. Um, it was just action from the bell. Um, Jericho is such a baby. Oh my God, he looks so cute. <laughs> um, no. Uh yeah, I mean, there's a great pinning series throughout the whole thing. Just a great wrestling match. Um, Heenan had a great, like just Heenan uh comment where uh ult- they kept calling him Ultimate Dragon, which was pissing me off, but we'll you know, we can get to that later. But uh Heenan said he was going a little slow on point, and Heenan said it looks like he's dragon. And I I, oh, and I was yeah. ashamed of myself, but um, you know, it, you see Jericho now and he moves pretty well. You forget when he was in his early twenties, how good he moved around a ring. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Um, it was the one that I actually went back and watched after the pay-per-view was over. Um, I watched it again just cause it's right up my alley. So absolutely loved it. When we heard crazy chance for like six, they
0: wanted six like the whole match. And I thought that was kind of weird. Same with the Kevin Nash thing as the pay-per-view continues. But I don't know what was going on with six Pack at the time, but he's the number one contender. So to not have him and Jericho fight on a, you know, pay-per-view like this kind of felt like obviously match of the night or one of them, but just
3: felt kind of weird. I w- was this around the time when Ultimo Dragon had like the 37 belts and he was God, traveling dude, around the that world? That was sick. That was sick. I think this might have been after all that, though, because he didn't Do bring re- anything out with him. Do you guys remember when uh, Ultimo jo-
0: Dragon, I think he made his WrestleMania, uh, first ever WrestleMania, and he fucking tripped, like kind of ruined him right off the bat because he ate shit <laughs> in the entrance, I believe. Um, there's oh, God, Jericho. Jericho is a baby. Yeah. burner fill me in on this match because you got tiger drivers you got a lot of fighting outside the ring a lot of flips crazy shit what was your take on this match
2: man i loved it and joey the reason they called him ultimate dragon is because for his first year in wcw they translated ultimo into ultimate and they improperly used that name until they went oh we're, we're saying it wrong and reverted back to ultimo so that wasn't him. That was the entire company because it was WCW. now, when well, you got Jericho, I I was always such a fan of heel Jericho in WCW, man. Like, that's what I love. That's what I remember. And I remember not being too hot on this babyface Jericho, but going back and watching it, I appreciated it that much more. And yeah, I mean, what can you say about the actual match itself? It was amazing. The back and forth even the ending of the match you didn't expect it to end that way and it did and you know then you have you have jericho wanting the handshake and first thing i thought was man i don't remember what happens here does he you know does he shake hands and and yeah, low, yeah, low you, him or something expecting something else nope nope this was pre man of a thousand four holds. this was straight baby face jericho
0: why did wwf suck with their light heavyweight division when you see cruiserweight you see how fucking good it was why did wwf drop the ball on that one
3: I think well it's time um timing of the match like they didn't give them enough time i mean this had yeah. what 14 minutes i think right and that give me it's 25 weird. minutes of this i'm happy but that's just me <laughs> I I think a big problem was they didn't
2: give them the time because just like with, we've seen tag team wrestling in recent years, they don't take it seriously. They put so much focus on the, on the world heavyweight championships that they they have very little attention to give to the other divisions and they suffer from it. And that was a big thing back in the day.
3: Yeah. I think go ahead, Joey. I mean, I mean, you know, they gave the two Oh five live, you know, college try there. And that's great that they gave them their own show, but it's like when they talk about getting their own women's show, it's like, yeah, but then you're taking it off the main product. And honestly, you're taking eyes off of it. Right. So while you're trying to do a good thing, um, doesn't tend to I work I think
0: they still way. see it as like appetizers. They think you're just giving you a little piece, but then you'd get the 20 minute Triple H promo back in the day. <laughs> What the truck, like we're, we're in the raw and it's, you know, eight 35 and all we've had is one long promo session, like just in some fireworks, which believe me, I'm all about fireworks, baby. Dude, 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 dude. My big takeaway was Jericho just seeing Jericho dragon delivered, which he, you know, I saw some of those brutal back bumps he was taking and I was like, golly. And he, like I said, I, I signified Japanese strong style, like this brutal, Punching, hitting, things like that, but I thought it was cool that they kind of picked up from both wrestling in Mexico. I thought that was huge because Triple H was huge. Triple A, not Triple H. And have you guys? Did y'all know that Chris Jericho has kept track of every match he's ever wrestled? He says that really not freaking nuts. About, yeah. yeah, every match, and then he's maybe I'm just promoting him, but Jericho's fifty something. We go to 97 to now, and he's still got it, man. And to keep track of every wrestling match ever, that's that's something nobody's done. I, uh, mad props to Jericho on that one. Mad props, baby. Mad props when I'm here with Joey Wright, Mr. Ass, in the burner that's so stoned, but not really. Let's keep it going. I mentioned the Mean Gene Oakland hotline one 800 I had to make sure I wrote down that number Who's going to be DDP's partner? That's all we're talking about And I wonder if you called that number If he actually told you the truth Or it was just bullshit
3: I would love to know what they said
0: Hey, Gene Okerlund, it's me,
2: Joey Wright, Rasball, you know. I need to know who is DDP's partner. Hit me up. I bet they kept you on hold for 17 minutes. Mm. And then passed you to the pre-recording that said, Sheister. "We can't tell, we can't tell you exactly who his partner is." And then Hogan's he, getting paid for it all, isn't he? Dude, dude. I I I bet it said, "We can't tell you who his partner is, but he made the perfect choice."
3: Uh, Uh, something like that yeah
0: yeah it makes sense um so he goes into you can see he's talking and walking which is a you know process in itself goes over to raven um joey kind of fill us in on this promo and the vibes you were getting because you see raven here kind of just being a loner and then stevie richards is all smiles so fill us in on this
3: promo yeah stevie needed to calm down he was a little (laughs) out of control Um, And those shorts, they never, they, uh, you can not much to the imagination. No, you can remember Stevie Richard shorts and you can have a crystal clear memory, yet they are still shorter than what you remember. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But you know, I, I don't want to throw it to someone else, but I am not the poetry expert here on the podcast. Um, We have another member of the podcast. that's more in tune with poetry and I thought Raven's words were lovely. But, uh, Berner, I'm wondering what you thought of uh, Raven's poetry.
2: Like sands of time through the hourglass, we got Maddie Danny and Mr. Ass <laughs> what a problem, up man. here, up here talking about Raven's flock. <laughs> the poetry wasn't great. It kind of sucked, man. Listen, it I thought we were going somewhere bad. else when it you ride with that. It really wasn't uh, that bad, man. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't Poe. Uh, but you know, what was this character in WWF? Was uh, it
0: Johnny Polo? Johnny Polo, Johnny Polo, Com- yeah, full yeah. of personality, just a different. He almost looked like a lackey slash, like just a a character. It's just weird how that went from that to this dark. Weird character. Well, you can't
3: yeah, skip Raven? over the Johnny Flamingo stage in WCW. I think I think I kind of mixed those together. Maybe I don't. I might have said it wrong. It might have been Scotty Flamingo.
0: And was he in ECW before WCW as Raven? Or was it yes. the other way around?
3: ECW. He was in ECW first. Because um, I remember going to ECW and seeing like, oh, that's it was Johnny Polar, Scotty Flamingo. And being like, He's a badass. Oh, my God. Because, you know, it yeah. was right around that Pearl Jam time, like Nirvana. So he had that Scottish great going at the right
0: time. Be- oh, oh. Don't forget to mention Stone Temple Pilots, I the will, Maddie Daddies 101 in Grunge Rock. Um, who's going to name the Raven's Flock for me while we're talking about it? Let's go, Joey.
3: First try. Go for it. Oh, swinging a miss. Okay. Wait, Raven's Flock, Raven's Flock. No, no, Burner's going to Burner's hey, going to get From Raven's ball. Flock to
0: Ravens Burner. Go ahead and fill us in. Who do you think you got?
2: It was Raven as the leader and right. then there was uh Hold on. Give me a second. I know like there was four. Of them. There was Stevie Richards, right? There was uh That's John Riggs. That's uh, right. Was All right, it, was it I'll it rip- finish it off. Lodi, wait, which wait, was the wait. blonde
0: guy with the spiked up hair. Saturn, Lodi. Lodi, Saturn, and Johnny Riggs, the American males with buff bag. Well, y'all remember that?
2: Yeah, I actually got oh his autograph. I got oh, him to that's s- who told me about it. That's right. I got him to send me some autographed eight by tens. Uh, <laughs> his mom's funeral expenses. You know. Thanks for laughing, but no, he uh <laughs> he had a GoFundMe Whoa. going on. So I donated and he sent me like three signed eight by tens and he responded yeah. to me on Twitter. He's he's a cool dude, man. He's a huge Cowboys fan. Baby. Huge oh, okay. Cowboys fan.
0: Here we go, baby. Steiners. When they're not, when big Papa pumps, not at Shoney's laying it down in Georgia, he's wrestling with the dog face gremlin versus who feels like he's wrestled forever. The great Muda. And, Oh, what's his name uh chono is that right Hiro chono Macha Hiro chono and i've seen tons of him which i didn't appreciate him as a kid but nowadays i have this greater appreciation for both of them especially muta because i think it was burner we did great american bash 89 and yep. wasn't it sting versus uh
2: muta yeah and they tore the freaking house down man crazy um and then
0: you can't leave out was it a uh, sunny ono was he part of this one too
3: Yep, he was part of this one as well.
0: Let's get started, man. We see uh we see Steiners get the win here. One, two, three, DDT off the top rope. Masa Chono wants no part of the Steiner Bros. So they get the win here. Fill me in, Mr. Wright. What do you think about this match?
3: Um, I, I I enjoyed this match from the Muda Chono side. Um uh Muda Slaps, he always has. Um, and he is still working at 58 years old in New Japan and NOAH right now. Um, you can watch him. I believe next month he's got a match. He just lost the championship there. Um, but that top rope Frankensteiner from Muda was just a thing of beauty. Um, and, you know, I, I love Steiner brothers. I loved Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. They were two of my favorite wrestling figures to play with. Um, I feel like this was right around the time Scott was about to break off. because He's got right. the goatee going. And I do not know if he actually hurt his back during the match or if it was incredible selling. But he seemed like halfway through the match, he just started getting real sluggish and started laying down. And there's one moment that he calls out to Rick to get in the ring for him. Um, but I, I enjoyed the match. I, I love watching Muda. He's just, he flies all over the place and he's a blast to watch.
0: What are your takes on uh, on this Japanese style of wrestling by Muda and Chono here at Burner?
2: Oh man, I absolutely love it. When it comes to these guys, I think we don't appreciate them, just like just like a Yugi Nagata. I mean, because they were never in America put in a position for us to appreciate them. And I, if you want to name, you know, if you can name somebody that was ever put in a position, a Japanese superstar, you know, for us to remember them in that top guy light, refresh my memory, because I can't. Man, if if anything, Muda was the, the top of the top. The man, And, uh, I love the NWO face paint. He was rocking it, healing out. You know, uh, it's a funny thing. I was watching this match, and it reminded me the other day. I was walking through Walmart. You know, way up here in Idaho, man. Walking through Walmart, and I see this guy walking to me down the aisle, bald head, big old beard, big old burly, handsome dude. I said, "Is that Maddie Daddy?" The Idaho. And I said, no, it's not. He couldn't be up here. <laughs> it just looks like him. That's what Scott Steiner was to me in this match. Because this was during that time period where he wasn't babyface, but he wasn't full transition. It was just weird to look at. Honestly, it was the match itself was great. I love the Japanese style. I mean, if you can't appreciate that, then I'm Dude, sorry.
0: those kicks. How about oh. those kicks he lays in? I don't know if he's slapping his leg. I don't care. But those looked freaking vicious.
3: Yeah, definitely some stiff kicks in there. Yeah. Both are former IWB, IWGP champions. Um, and I just, they look both look great. Shona's um, a big dude too. He's not like small, he's got to be 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, he's a beast. Bischoff got NWO when he went to Japan to that show at the Tokyo Dome, is where he got the idea for NWO and mm-hmm. they brought it back over.
0: I had just, uh, Obviously I love the belly to belly suplexes that the Steiners do. I think Rick Steiner is one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time, just personality character, everything. I think he could have been way more. I don't know. It's hard to compare like big Papa pump, but I definitely think when it was Scott and Rick, the Steiner brothers, that Rick was the one to me that stood out. Obviously Scott was big, but I saw Rick as like just fundamentally sound more entertaining all around, but I I get it. I get how it was. You hear the stories of WWF back in the day of like thinking that Scott Steiner could be on Hogan level, which is crazy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's on Hogan's level, brother. Rick for me was always just an incredible wrestler technical wise. And then you see Scott come in and he's huge. And, the first I would love to have seen a have a camera on my face the first time I saw Scott Steiner do a Frankensteiner. That's true. Somebody is. that big and this is this is a terrible example of a Frankensteiner in this match because that's why I say I think I wonder if he was hurt. but how about
0: that DDT off the top rope Nobody saw that coming. Yeah, he gets him up on his uh shoulders. Rick does and then you're thinking you know a clothesline something and that was vicious man. that was another I hadn't seen that ever I don't think. Um, I did see, so I've been dabbling in all sorts of wrestling extracurriculars. I watched the China Vice documentary, and I saw when she went to New Japan to wrestle. And this is Chono probably fucking six, seven years later, beating the dog shit out of China. And I was like, it was almost like warm me up for Chono in this match, because then I saw him again. I was like, yeah, this is going to be brutal. I'm ready for it. But I love this match. I'd love seeing vintage Steiners. I love seeing Muda, and I have a newfound respect for Chono. So, on with the show, baby. Good match for me. Um, let's keep it going. Here's one that one match of the night in the Wrestling Observer. Everybody loved it. I was kind of taken back by it because it was so fast paced. I felt like I was missing stuff. Uh, you got your three on three Mexican luchador rules match, Would they make sure and tell you that this is, you know, a different style of wrestling. Moving to? Hector Garza, Liz Marjorie. It's funny how I can say these like Hispanic names, no problem, but then I stumble on Japanese, which is way easier. Weird That's stuff. Uh, La Parca, Psychosis. And I spoke too soon. Villa Nueva. <laughs> That's what happens. But, uh, another good one, three by three on three Garza gets the win with the drop kick, all that stuff. Uh, bill me in. Let's go burner. You're three on three Mexican rules enforced. What was your thought of this match?
2: Oh, Holmes? look, it, it was, it was, it was very, very fast paced. Uh, yeah, I there were times when I would watch something and then just go, "Wait, what happened?" and have to rewind it because it was just this. These are the matches that I think WWF at the time was always afraid to do because there were some high risk spots. There were some spots that made me flinch. I mean, I I wouldn't have taken those moves, but <laughs> I, I I look at them and and. and it's a different style down there, man. It really is. Uh, you know, just like in Japan in Japan and Mexico, both you're much more likely to see somebody to take a high angle back suplex, you know, and land on the, their, their neck and the top of their shoulders rather than a flat back bump. And that's, that's just how they wrestle. So they bring it over here and it's just like, Oh my God, did so he kill
0: my question real quick to break up this, this uh, three on three match. So, My takeaway, I don't have a lot of experience with Mexican wrestling or Japanese, Mm -hmm. so Japanese is a very strong, stiff style of wrestling, correct? Mm -hmm. So when they say luchador, is everything high-flying
2: in Mexico? Is that their style, style, like very high-paced action? Very high-paced, very high-intensity, very high-flying, high-risk. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they work the right side instead of the left because that's a transition that wrestlers have to make.
0: So, but, what would you say? Uh, like the American style is just story told, a bunch of transitions, like slow. Okay. Pace. So,
2: so I think what you conversation look, conversation to have when you look at Japanese wrestling. Okay, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joey, because you're much more versed in, in Japanese style than I am. Japanese style, the fans are, they're very much more respectful and you they don't expect the high impact they don't i mean you can get a big they pop from a headlock ready. you know something that looks realistic but i mean they don't you know they'll they'll they will stand up and clap for a high spot and sit back down and be quiet while the guys are resting exactly. and they you, they like technical they like uh you know every once in a while a big move a big high flying move or something but for the most part they want that ground game they want that that technical stuff in mexico it's all high flying it's all high spots it's flips it's it's you know shock and awe and so in america just like most other things they've taken elements from these two places because you have your storytelling and your technical side but you also have more elements than japan does of the the high impact stuff and that's it's just a nice blend of the two when you really think about it
3: yeah the way somebody explained japanese wrestling to me before i ever watched it um especially the new japan product is you would think they're watching a ballet because they're very respectful. They're very quiet. They cheer on the entrances. Um, they're very into it. But they sit in their seats, they don't make they don't make a lot of noise. Um, lots of oohs and ahs, which is interesting, but there's not a whole lot of chanting. Um, so yeah, that's your burner, you're right on the mark there, everybody.
0: Good to know. Like, I think that's something if you don't, if you're not experienced with a certain style, you don't know what to expect. And you're almost taken back when you watch like a bash at the beach 97, because we're, I'm, I'm more conditioned in the cruiserweight style, the luchador, than I am the strong style, which is strong style, man. Like, that's, I mean, that's as real of wrestling as it gets to me. My biggest takeaway of this whole match was psychosis and la with sony ono and he's flashing the money around kind of a funny little storyline intertwined and then i can't keep up i'm trying to take notes over here and it's like triple drop kick the suicide dive outside everyone misses off top rope twisting corkscrew corkscrew plancha you know all these different moves which were badass but it's hard to describe these things. It's one of those you need to go watch for yourself and experience it because this is something they kind of drove home. Three-on-three Lucha matches are a big thing in Mexico, at least at this time. So if you want to kind of break it down and see some of their style, this was, I mean, they could have wrestled in five minutes for all I know. It was so damn fast-paced. I couldn't keep up, but it was a hell of a match.
3: Yeah, this is a good example of a trios match. Um, Juvie had Juvie had like a, a beautiful springboard dive. And um, nope. I have a question: um, Worst wig, psychosis or '90s Kane? Oh. Ooh, psychosis. psychosis. Yeah. It looks it's like a,
1: a
0: we're way. Married
3: with children, Peggy Love Bundy. And
0: marriage, so
3: and, and marriage, so, uh, when you go to a wrestling so event and you see Ric Flair, face. you expect the woos. When you see Hogan, you want him to do the ear thing. When you see Laparka, you want him to dance, and I maybe I missed it. Where was the dance? None. That, that was no he La was La on the dance. He was on the hillside.
0: Yeah, still dance. I mean, that's got to be in your, you know, even if you're taunting or something. Yeah, maybe it was before that was really took off. It, it La Laparka got over man, he was huge yeah. as they kept going. Um, so we're done with this match so far. Takeaway: We've had some matches. We've had Steiner's versus you know what we saw we've had a hell of an opener with glacier mortis wrath um undercard this has been a pretty good
3: pay-per-view wouldn't you say yeah I, there's been some good wrestling which i which grab which i gravitate to if there's good you know high impact wrestling yeah I, we're I not bored yet like, of, like this no, is good which is weird, too, because, like, I remember
0: the big names. I remember that as a child, like, gravitating towards the flares, the halls, things like that. So, we'll get kind of more into that as we go. But it was just weird, my my appreciation for all these undercard matches. Like, they stole the show to me. Um, One that didn't steal the show for me. I expected so much more, and I just kind of was left, you know, empty-handed. Career match, no DQ mr kevin sullivan the taskmaster dungeon of doom back in the day this isn't the same one uh the book of man versus chris benoit the canadian crippler whatnot you've got sullivan out with jimmy hart jacqueline out of everybody
3: benoit by himself he is part of the horseman in this correct you just yeah they just formed that version of the horseman with yeah You uh, see a like swerve
0: him see a swerve at the end with Jacqueline turning on Sullivan career versus career match Um, also the home to Kevin Sullivan Daytona which nobody gave a fuck about they did not give a shit about Kevin Sullivan so let's talk through this match man Um, a lot of outside uh, fighting using props surfboard spot looked fucking hideous I would not have wanted to take that bump I've been hit by a surfboard too many times Burner, fill me in on your take, because we do have the backstage beef, the whole real life affair with Nancy and all that stuff. Let's settle it with you. Did you feel like this lived up to the build or were you kind of let flat?
2: It it left me flat, man. There was there were some parts and and maybe that's because of everything that transpired later on, but there were there were some parts where it was just like you said, the surfboard shot to the head was so stiff, man. It it that got laid in. It, there were there were times when it looked like they were working. There were times when it looked like Sullivan didn't want to sell for Benoit, you know, probably because he, you know, stole his wife. But, I mean, it, it's one of those situations where it's impressive that they were able to work together and put on a, a match. And it, it wasn't the drizzling shits by any means, but it, it just, it wasn't great, man. You know, there were a couple cool spots. Uh, whenever Benoit picked up Jackie and threw her on Kevin Sullivan, and, you know, he caught her in that power bomb kind of position and, Lucky. you know, oh, got her in a precarious position there, you know, from the announce team. That was, <laughs> that kind of popped me, but the, the swerve by Jackie, She's man. did a not she? She, is. we love Miss Jackie here.
0: Always been a fan, man. Like, oh, it was yeah.
2: cool to see her in WCW because
0: you always see her flaunting her stuff, you know, with Harlem Heat or in WWF.
2: And she was a worker in this match. She was a badass. Yeah. Her entire career, she was a badass. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Joey, thoughts on
0: this match, my man?
3: Um, I mean, it was a street fight. Um, you know, in retrospect, I really can't think of a aged worse example of two men treating a woman so terribly, you know, looking back, knowing what we know, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they threw Jacqueline around a lot and uh I actually had a hard time watching it just because when you know what's what's happened. What's coming in the future is just like, oh, man, between these two guys. But I will say this match showed me something that I miss in wrestling. Um, and that's the three arm raise. Because now, and I yeah. think yeah, with UFC coming in and it's like, you know, you tap out or your arm goes down, you're done. You know, they end the match. And I I feel that like WWE's really, they've made that, okay, no more three arm raises. But that their drama of a three arm raise is fantastic. And I wish they would bring that back because it is a lot of fun.
0: I, uh, that was one of my notes, man. Do they still do that with the cross face hand raise? I thought that was so badass. And I don't know why they don't. Like that adds to the emotion. Yeah. It's kind of like the 10 count on the, uh, it might be goofy, but it gets the crowd interacted. It's something else to add to the match.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and yep. go ahead. Nope. I, that's the, I could I mean, talk all day, baby. That's what I do. <laughs> no, I mean, I do think it's the UFC factor. Um, I mentioned with the, you know, pop culture with Mortal Kombat coming in, you know, WD and, you know, they pull things and other wrestling. I don't want to just crap on WWE. Um, No, it's okay.
0: We're used We're we're getting to that stage uh, and we're evolving to where we're just turned off completely. It's weird
3: Um, where, you know, they pulled that from UFC to say, okay, well, if someone's passed out, we don't need to raise their arm three times. That's not as realistic. And I understand it. Um, but it does add that drama to it that I, that I, I miss, I miss it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough watching Sullivan and Ben Wago at it um, with everything that we know. Um, it was a street fight, but. Mm. All right. Well, I'm ready to shit on some people
0: because oh, I, let's was do it. Pissed. I was pissed in this match other than Jacqueline stepping up to the plate and taking control. I thought this match sucked ass. I I literally wanted to be at the wrestling event so I could watch it. Cause you know, when you go in sometimes you're live and you see the punches and kicks and they don't look like they're making it, it looks like shit. Well, that's what I thought of Ben Wall's punches and kicks. I thought for the intensity that he had, it didn't look like he was hitting him at all. So to me, I was very let down with Ben Wall as a whole. I expected way more from him. I don't know if he's just scared of Sully or what, um, Sullivan, yeah, just not didn't really do it for me Um, I, yeah didn't. I know,
2: I know exactly ahead. what you're talking about, they were off the side of the stage by the barrier there, and they were kind of yeah. walking, just using the barrier, and then they started trading punches back and forth, and when, when the wall was swinging, even the kicks spin wall makes they're, they're not good, I think they, I think he did that because he didn't want Sullivan to think he was going to shoot on him well, he, he
0: fucking didn't do his job then, because I hated him uh, that's just my preference. I expect so much more from Benoit and that let me down on all, all counts. How about that set though? The Bash at the Beach set with the surfboard, the life jacket, the sand. like I felt in the mood. I wanted to go to the Bash. It was nice before they destroyed it all. God dang,
3: man. Did they have that at 96 Bash at the Beach, Joey? Do you remember? Yeah, it was a little different, but it was the same kind of thing Um, with the bamboo and... um trying to remember yeah. everything but yeah i mean it was the same sand all that kind of setup no jimmy hart swag what
0: happened to the swag man we remember those airbrushed uh outfits and he's just wearing a black suit just looked yeah. real corny not jimmy hart that jimmy was a fashion faux pas on my J- jimmy fart in this match you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> Boom. he sucked oh um, jimmy fart oh burn <laughs> that's yeah oh uh, that's why we're the better than the best. Best podcast going. Wrestling Matt podcast. Hit a like, subscribe, leave a review, please. We're doing this for fun, but we love to get the boys off in the back. That's We're
3: not weird. getting paid?
2: Oh, oh, you guys God. are y'all get getting... Well, who, who are we getting off in the back? Because I wasn't <laughs> told about this. Hey, y'all didn't hear? Matt Kelly's taking pictures, giving mouth hugs, baby. Mouth of the South.
0: Cold <laughs> beer on ice. Pick is in podcast every Monday drops come check the it boy out burner people. hey you know Joey right work writes for Razzball that's a pretty big freaking deal that is a big deal I'm
2: let's keep of, it proud huh? of Joey I said I'm proud Thank of Joey
0: Joey is the ass man when he's wrestling but he is an expert ranker for fantasy pros so as much fun as we're having we can turn the plate and be as serious as shit which I don't know if that's serious let's keep it going man um This bash is just getting me ready for Sturges. You see the commercials. I want a piece of this. Jeff Jarrett and Mongo McMichael. Mongo coming out with the briefcase with Miss Deborah rocking the uh, sachet like she's, you know, Miss America. Different time. And then Jeff Jarrett, same old Jeff Jarrett wearing his, you know, see through shirt. Ain't he great, folks? J E double F, J A double R, E double T. You see uh, Deborah with the swerve here. She's handing Jarrett the briefcase. Hits. Mongo misses a spot and puts his elbow right into the briefcase. Talk about hurting your funny bone. And then gets the hit on the head. Deborah's with Jarrett. Match is over. Uh, thoughts on this match? And was this a U.S. title match? It was, wasn't it? So Jarrett kept his belt. Mongo, uh, Mongo's Mongo. Um, let's go. You first, Joey, you tell me your takeaways on this match.
3: Uh, Deborah leaving wrestlers mid feud was truly her best gimmick in, and outside of the ring. Um, Mm. you know, that's a little hot take there. um, So I, I'm pretty adamant about how much I love chicken shit heels and, um, maybe he just does an incredible job at it. I've always hated Jeff Jarrett. He's good. He was a chicken shit heel and probably did it better than anyone. And you're supposed to hate chicken shit heels. So maybe he was just the best of all time, and I just you know because I love him. But um, you know, is uh, this match? You know, it's news. I, I did not enjoy it. I was it's honestly simple. glad. It's, yeah, it's what you have with Mongo, but it, it was to tell the story with Deborah leaving, and that's well. That's and we've seen bad Mongo before. matches. This was I felt like Jarrett fucking did his
0: job, man, because Mongo didn't look terrible. Like, it was bear hugs, it was clotheslines, it was easy moves you can't mess up. And I felt like Jared, like, if anything, my takeaway was Jared fucking, he was a rock star in this match. Because you made Mongo look, Mongo's got swagger. To me as a kid, I loved Mongo. I thought he was just the most entertaining fuck in the world. And in this match, I've seen bad Mongo matches, and this was a good Mongo match. Burner, fill me in, man. What are your thoughts?
2: Now listen up, Slap nuts. <laughs> you know, this nobody is, knows what slap nuts means. This is the pre-Jarrett evolution. You know, he was still the same double J, like you said. But you're right. He he carried the match, made Mongo look good. And, and until he I, I I think uh Mongo put his elbow up thinking, put his arm up for that briefcase shot, thinking that was gonna be it. And Jarrett said, Oh no, no, we're gonna make this look good. Dude. But uh yeah, man, it was yeah, speaking of Debra swerves, when I was up in Sturgis one year, I had to swerve to get her off the back of my bike, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh, Debra was one of
0: those, she was like larger than life. Like, I don't know if it was her guns or what, but she was one of those that stuck out as a 10 to 12 year old adolescent.
3: Yeah. Um, so you were a, of a fan of dogs maybe? at that time? Huh? You were a fan of dogs? You liked puppies? No, I was a fan of pogs, but not <laughs> dogs um puppies
0: i get it i was saying sassafras joe you're messing with me gosh dang get me red hot over here <laughs> um you know what deborah mongo jeff jarrett decent so far i've not been let down other than ben juan sullivan which i'm still not a fan of but you know what we get more the wcw hotline 1-900-909-9900 Who's going to be that person, man. We get the road wild South Dakota commercial Where's South Dakota by Idaho. Is that close burner? I want say about a 16, 17 hour drive. You get the yeah, Steiners on a motorcycle. You get the NWO shirt or leather jacket getting ran over. I remember road wild. I thought that was cool as shit. Like the bikers, all that. It'll be fun to rewind one of those. Um, we're getting close to the main events, getting closer. We get a Hollywood Hogan. And as Hogan would say, "Ride the Bod. Yeah, Rod the Bod, Hollywood. All right, Scott Hall and the Macho Man, yeah. Versus DDP and question mark. So let's get Macho Man out here. You know? Popping circumstance, not so much. Rocking the black and white. But you know what we need? Joey hasn't cut a lot of promos on the wrestling net, yeah. So I was thinking maybe, just maybe, we get a survey, yeah. Joey,
3: you're teaming with the Macho Man, yeah. Survey time. You lost me, Maddie. I was paying attention, but survey time? Oh my God. You, should, you old man, you old dog. Hey, yo, survey
0: time. Come on, Joe. Hey, yo. Burner saving it. You don't remember Scott Hall's surveys? He lost uh, me. All right. I am yeah, going to. That, that was a W out. please. No, I'm not editing W, it wasn't We're, it? You're doing a homework assignment right now. Hey, yo. listen up chico the bad guy so no more promos i'm gonna edit out and because this this is staying in now everybody you get a hey yo scott hall survey to refresh joey Wright's memory and everybody else that don't know the greatness
1: of scott hall Over the holidays is just two. I'm with you. Now, you probably heard by now that right at NWO Central, we got a little survey going on. Yeah, but you don't have a TV show now, do you? (laughs) And it's real real simple you're either with us or you're against us. So how many people here in Baltimore came to see WCW? right how many people in here in baltimore came to see the don't worry about a thing nwo all right you
0: just heard scott hall tear it down and refresh Joey Wright DDP and who? Who do we get out Joey? We're getting DDP and question mark mark. This has to be good right? We've been bleeding at this
3: all night Hit us with it Uh, I do know this We get Kurt Henning Um, However Bobby Heenan Kurt Henning I'm sorry keep going Bobby Heenan says that he looks like he's in the best shape of his life, which is the boldest lie told on this entire (laughs) pay-per-view you know, Henning comes out and looking like he just got pulled out of a river yeah Yeah. and
0: what the hell, like that's the biggest, you know, boner dropper of the night, is like we're thinking it's a good partner like this is gonna be magic and Kurt Henning looking like shit looking like he's all opiated up, not ready to go. Burner, why Why would WCW do this? After such a solid pay-per-view, feed us to the wolves with Kurt Henning.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm I've, I've stuck on the, the biggest lie of the night because this was only number two. I don't know if y'all remember Sting at the end of the main event. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> they sold that, didn't they? Oh, they sold that. Like, that was Sting, man, stepping no over the top dear. rope. Anyways uh yeah man this (laughs) i I didn't remember who it was i uh i I don't want to say i was let down because i love kurt Henning, but i was expecting somebody else and i was thinking about it and i was like wait doesn't kurt eventually align with the nwo the Wolfpack? am i mistaken there yeah. No, it's the black and white, but he still well, it was, it was a black and white. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it was just this whole, like, what? That doesn't The, the storyline, the timing is all messed up for me, but it was terrible. It, <laughs> like, why waste a match? The coolest
0: part of the match to me was Hall and Henning kind of face to face and off because they had that tag team run. They had that history. So it was so cool to see that. And then I'm thinking the last pay per view I saw perfect on was 93 King of the Ring. Maybe Mr. Perfect's last great match against Bret Hart. So I'm like in awe. And then I see him come out and I'm like, dude, this isn't Kurt Henning that I remember. Like I had such high expectations, especially when you get to this point of the show and you're getting macho, man. You're getting all, you're getting prime DDP. Who do and do the the Dude,
3: like,
0: was? Well, the match wasn't enough. They left – they shit on us. They did not give us – you're looking forward to seeing Hall. You're looking forward to seeing Macho Man, DDP. And it was a short match, and it was DDP pulling down the rope, missing the spot, and then Perfect still falling outside the ring, getting pissed and just walking out while DDP gets his ass kicked.
2: What the heck? Like, what, now, did, what What? did that solve? Now, as cool as the toothpick gum exchange was, because that popped me, but uh, maybe this would have been the time to bring out Arquette, you know, get him started yeah. a little earlier, get his feet <laughs> a little wet in the business before he wins that world title. Maybe people aren't so mad.
0: I will say it was cool seeing uh, the crotch chops by Hulk, because DX isn't even formed yet. Like this is not added, atti- this is attitude era. What we have going on right now is this is around the same time as SummerSlam '97. So we have Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee with Undertaker, Bret Hart. We have Stone Cold versus Owen Hart. So we have the Hart Foundation. We have Goldust and Brian Pillman. We have Psycho Sid. We have people like that. But the DX isn't even formed yet. Like, that hasn't started. This is a couple months right before. So it was just kind of cool seeing going back and seeing this is the beginning of Stone Cold. No DX, NWO, but NWO's been hot for a year now. Just kind of crazy to look at it. You know, how far advanced WCW was at the time compared to the Attitude Era. Because you had the Ringmaster in 96. You didn't have Stone Cold. This is coming off of WrestleMania 13. The, we're about to witness the you know, broken neck by Stone Cold. So just kind of cool. But Scott Hall looked good. I think he was one of the best wrestlers. He's so smooth with all his moves, man.
3: Yeah, for me, this was kind of neat. It was kind of like, it, not the match being neat, but like looking at who was in it, because you mentioned the Hall and the Henning former tag team. And then DDP was when Hall was with the Diamond Stud. You know, DDP was his little... It's just neat to see all the little cross promotions parts of this match.
0: And dude, Macho Man pretty much put over DDP. Like that was the the first big feud DDP had, and he won. Like I don't think if that would have happened, that DDP would have ever got the rub. So just little nuances. I think tonight I'm gonna take the Diamond Cutter. Yeah, that was Macho's idea. Took your chin, Joey. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. good stuff dude machos 101 i'm gonna say it till i'm dead macho man's the best yeah beats piper out of the building uh-huh. piper versus Woo! flair Woo! this is all this is the beef from the prior month's great american bash where you got piper and flair going for the tag titles Flair leaves Piper all alone as the NWO beat the fuck out of Piper. We get one of Joey Wright's favorite wrestlers I did to see, and I was impressed, one of the top two between Hogan and Piper, I get it. Um, Piper versus Flair, man. Piper out with the Icon shirt, which I thought was swagger for today. Piper looked good, he was in good shape. This was a kind of Piper match I wanna see. Joey, I'm gonna let you do the honors. Um, this is your match, dude. Piper wins it with the sleeper.
3: Just great match all around. Take it home, baby, you, you lay it on us first. So sometimes when you have a band that you love that's had a really great catalog, they put out a greatest hits album. And this is what this match was with Piper and Flair. Um, well, I was throwing up to you in the chat there, one, two. This is my one and two. This is my favorite ooh, wrestler and my second wrestler of all time in one match. And we've seen it a few times before. Um, lots of great, you know, Flair and Piper antics. We get a great eye poke. I love Piper's eye poke. I, it pops me every single time. And when Flair drops to the knees to beg, Piper pops right down and boop, right in the eyes. Okay. Um, Just this is, this is up my wheelhouse. You know, I love that Japanese stuff, but, you know, f- f- these long, you know, 45 minute, 60 minute matches Flair would put on. And then just, the chicken shit healery of Piper, but the roles are flipped here. Um, You know, like I said, greatest hits album. It gave me everything I wanted. I love this match.
0: Flair's just such a good heel. Like, just like you said, chicken shit heel, but he play, he is the one-on-one of chicken shit heels. Mm -hmm. And then for Piper to kind of play into his wheelhouse. And it was, it was so smooth. Like for guys that have been wrestling for 20, 30 years, whatever. Damn. Dude, and Piper looked good. So did Flair. Like, this is 97, and WCW's already probably writing off both these guys. And, I mean, I can't – I think this is one of the matches that made my night. It was just so cool. I've had with the Orndorff, you know, passing the last couple days, Mm. and you have kind of have the Piper feels. You know, you kind of get in there as a wrestling fan of this old-school vibe of just how good these larger-than-life individuals – and I've never been the hugest Piper fan, and I love this match. I just loved seeing his work and I love seeing Flair all the time, but especially in this case. Burner, we've just you know loved up on these guys. Tell me your takeaways.
2: I don't know what I could say that y'all haven't already, man. For me, flare's the 101, period. Over Match, over Piper nobody has ever done it as good as flair and nobody ever will he he is a once-in-all business worker talent yeah. i mean just did you see did you see how he came in there in the first five minutes was him just making piper look good just selling oh, for him bumping so all nasty. over the place man and that, that's what he was supposed to do. Yeah. You know, then you cut him off, you beat him down, you give him a shine, you cut him off, you beat him down. And, and there's a formula to this. And Flair perfected it like nobody ever has. Yep. And nobody ever will again. I mean, you could study him, you could study every match he's ever had. And you're not going to do it like Flair. It, it was just, tried. It's... It was exactly it was natural form. He didn't have to try, it was just what he did. Mm-hmm. And the match was amazing. I love Roddy Piper. He delivered, Flair delivered this match was just, this was five-star to me.
0: Getting off a little bit of topic, Joey, uh, what is the most memorable Roddy Piper match? Obviously, he's got the Piper's pit in these different moments. I want you to
3: give me yours, and then I'll give you mine. Um, My most memorable Piper match was, I, are you saying, like, just memorable match in general, just for me, my most memorable match? You can just say you. I mean, it's your yeah. experience. Yeah. 92 rumble was just a highlight night of my life um, when he beat the Mountie for the IC title. Like, cause he finally got a strap and it was just like, Oh my God, finally they put something on him. Um, but then going into the rumble, I thought he's winning this. And I, we had talked about this. I think it was one of the first pods I was on. Um, that was Piper's night. It really was. Um, the, the Piper heart match um, from SummerSlam was, or was it WrestleMania? was great as well but now that 92 rumble was just a night for me with piper That his promos that night were incredibly dedicates the match to colt just that whole I've, it's probably the one of the pay-per-views i go back and watch the most
0: crazy I, I don't even know it's i wouldn't say it's a match but obviously to me it's hart and piper but the uh painting himself half black was it him and bad news brown was it Is that brown, right
3: yeah yeah,
0: But that's, sort of, I'll just never forget that. I think it was WrestleMania six or seven, something like that it was the Hoosier Dome one. And yeah. it just cracked me up that you would just add that element to somebody who's already a great talker, but to just fuck with bad news Brown and just add that element of entertainment. Like that, that's all I'll ever
3: remember. And bad it was news Brown had no idea that was going on.
0: So good. So good. And then the, uh, it's funny to see, you know, I just watched, I'm a big mark for WrestleMania 12. That's just kind of as much people shit on it. I love it. I love the backyard lot brawl between Piper and gold dust. And it was cool seeing Piper there. And then a year later, Piper is still in peak condition. Like he looked good. I'll I'll say that a million times, but when you get these older wrestlers, you expect them to be not in ring shape and they're in ring shape Mm -hmm. guys. We made it we're almost to that climax or have we already hit that climax i'm not sure i
3: climax don't worry
0: (laughs) we were there a while ago brother all right we're here main event of bash at the beach rodman's first match in the wcw hollywood hogan nwo is on top of the world at the moment We're getting a young giant, and we're getting a Lex Luger, man. Lex Luger, the Lex Express, not your USA Lex Luger. It's your Torture Rack Lex Luger. Rodman Hogan, accompanied by Savage. We get the main event, which kind of swerve at the end. We get Luger hitting the Torture Rack on Hogan for the win. Biggest swerve of the night. I would have never saw these two beating the NWO, especially Hogan and Rod. Guys, let's break this match down for what it was. We get a a sting sighting. Joey, I'm going to let you carry it away, man, because this is the main event of the night.
3: You kind of talk us through what you experienced. Well, for the first 10 minutes, it felt like the most high profile walking in circles and posing match I'd ever seen. Um, But then after that, it actually, you know, Hogan really started to move around. Um, You know, Robin with with the arm was it the arm drag on Luger? You know, is is good stuff. Um, and I and I believe me, I'm gonna be as shocked as everyone listening to this that knows me. Um, okay. Hogan, you know, going down to the torture rack and letting that happen. Props to Hogan; it was the right thing to do at the time to move the storylines along. Um, I was shocked, like you said earlier, Maddie, that it that's the one thing in this match that caught me off guard the most,
0: dude. And this is Rodman. The night before, the Bulls beat the Jazz in the NBA Finals, the 12th. This is the 13th of July, and Rodman's wrestling in between finals and all this stuff that's going on in the NBA. I remember the 97 NBA Finals. I remember, you know, what is his name? Scott with the pump fake. Jordan hits that last shot, just clutch. And, uh, dude, we're here. This is nostalgia at its finest. The rebound king. If anybody wants to know how good Rodman was at basketball, 19 rebounds a game. 19 rebounds a game. That's ridiculous. Against Jordan, against Patrick Ewing, against different guys. Holy cannoli. Burner, dude. Hollywood Hogan. One of the top heels in the nation, in the country, in the world takeaways on this match as it got started we get those photo those press shots
2: relive us take us down memory lane let me tell you something dude i was honestly surprised at how much rodman did uh it impressed me it really did because he was doing arm drags he was taking drop kicks you know a little too many leapfrogs for my liking but they played it into a nice bear hug with the giant that's what's up uh Rodman has a presence about him man uh, and I don't remember it back in the day in person but watching back I'm like man Rodman you know he's he's entertaining he's charismatic he's he's got a presence like it it just surprised me how okay I was with him in this match and the chemistry that him and Hogan really did seem to have in the promo and in the match it was it almost seemed legit you know what I mean and uh for what it was, for the guys involved, yeah, I think it. I think it, the finish was was the right thing to do, like Joey said. Uh, and yeah, I was surprised at it too. Like Hogan going down to the torture rack. Come on, how many how many times has that ever happened? Going going down to any submission, really. But let's talk Fake Sting because we see Fake
0: Sting later on, and we see a guy that similarly um, kind of looks like Sting. This doesn't look like Sting, but the announcers sell it. So Joey, kind of walk us down what we saw with this fake Sting.
3: I mean, he was like three inches taller than Sting and about thirty pounds heavier. I think mm-hmm. uh, he's I, got a he's got an aftershave stubble, kind of like yeah. a little beard going. I was I kept like waiting, like okay, they're gonna show who this guy is. It's gonna be somebody else, and just nothing ever happened. It's like okay, this is Sting. It's like so weird. That's not Sting. <laughs>
0: who was it burner who is this sting imposter it
2: was Jeffrey farmer uh he wrestled as lightning Cobra Jeff Barber and super J man
0: so I think this was Kevin Nash actually this was before that wasn't
2: it am I wrong No, I, I think this was I think it was anyways I th- I, th- I, thought I thought that's thought who it was Nash. that's who I thought it was at first too. Oh, well, wow. but then I realized that he came in as the NWO aligned sting. Why did we not see Kevin Nash
0: on the card? If he's a tag champs, what am I missing here?
2: Why did they do a sturdy like that? Like pay-per-view I, dates. That's a pay-per-view. I don't know. As, yeah. as a big, as a big time Nash mark. I, uh, I don't know, man. That I don't know. A, I felt robbed. I did too. I love seeing Rodman, but I felt like
0: these main events, uh, Other than the Flair Piper, I think that did its justice, but Hall and uh, Macho versus DDP and Perfect sucked. And then this one, I just wasn't impressed with. It was another one that was a letdown, The farting church. So while we're talking Hogan, I think this is a better time than none. What is your beef with Hogan as a wrestler, Joey? Because I am such a fan on this larger than life personality, the Hulk up, the finger wave, what you gonna do brother? So lay it on me, what Wrestling
3: Beef 101, what is our what is our difference in Hogan here? So my difference in Hogan really lies in, we had a podcast about people to never be champion, and half the people we mentioned were because of Hulk Hogan. Right. It just I understand why he had to be the face of the company. There's times you can switch the belt around. And a lot of Hogan's matches, they all feel the same. You know, three oh, moves of doom. Of and that's really my beef with them now personal beef is a different story for a different podcast. No, that's
0: not
3: yeah <laughs> but no, we it's just,
0: it doesn't matter but wrestling
3: wise yeah it's the same thing over and over again um and there was people i liked growing up that i wanted to see you know win the championship that never got to and it was wrestling politics you know the beef i have with hogan you got hulk hogan right Right, and what what is
2: his what is his big brag? What is it?
3: Twenty four inch pythons.
2: That's right. So why does he drop a leg as a finish? And it's not even from the top. It's just yeah. a leg. It, hey, it's ridiculous. Surgery, so that probably wasn't the finisher to have. <laughs> yeah. Stone Cold broke his neck. He could still stun anybody. I mean, you could come yeah. up with a decent finish. You drop. That's that's laziness. That's going with something that worked back in the day and never evolving it. A body slam, a leg drop. Who is that going to finish? It never, I
3: never bought it. There is a match with Hogan and, oh God, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name in Japan um, where they fought. lips. No. Y'all
0: talking Rocky three Hogan, baby. Where Cogan's Hogan's actually wrestling. Commando, R- wrestled. Thunder and Paradise. This was a yeah. guy that set Hollywood on fire. Not really, but this was to me the larger than life aspect of wrestling the charismatic the character i was more involved in those promos in the real american the nwa hogan spray painting the belt coming out i yeah he could have been a shitty wrestler but as a kid i didn't know different i saw this as the leader of the pack granted At a point, he's just giving his buddies the rub in main events. But as a childhood, granted, I was too young to kind of catch all the leg drop being silly. To me, I fucking ate it up, and that's just my childhood. So maybe I'm biased on that point because he isn't the best wrestler, granted. But when it comes to promo, when it comes to marketing yourself, to turning heel once in a lifetime, to me, I... I was all about it. I think I still am. I can't really shit on Hogan too
3: much as a wrestler. I mean, he does have the greatest heel turn of all time. I mean,
0: yeah, I- but that's him putting himself over, over putting everybody else over. I think that's the telltale sign of life. Like he didn't put over Jake, the snake. He didn't put over perfect. He didn't put over anybody other than warrior, which fucking that sucked ass. So Bret Hart, another one, he, WrestleMania nine, he goes and takes. You're seeing Yoko, bread. and next thing you know, Hogan's the champ. Only to drop it at SummerSlam, and rob us of all these matches. We could have had Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania. We could have had Hogan and Bret Hart at WrestleMania. He didn't even want to do the job to Shawn Michaels at like fifty-seven years old at a SummerSlam. Yeah, and
3: so that's that just why told I, me I love that match with Michaels when he just yeah oversells everything. He's like, so you know what? Yeah, good. Yeah, Hogan hey. Hogan was due a taste of his own medicine. It's crazy
0: it took that long. I would have thought somebody like Goldberg would have just beat the shit out of him at one
3: point. So, Joey, I see it. Is it Antonio Inoki you're thinking of? It's either Inoki or it's Muda. It might be Muda. It might have been. Um, but there's a match in New Japan, and it's awesome. It, it's a lot of, like, mat wrestling from Hogan, which just... Throws you off. It's very easily. Well, his very finisher easy to find it.
2: His finisher in Japan was different too. It wasn't a leg drop. It was the axe bomber, which is a lariat, a clothesline. Which guess what? With twenty four inch pythons, that makes yeah, sense. believable. clothesline from Hell, even like Who something else else like Threw that? a good
3: lariat. Did it? Was there anyone else that threw a good lariat? At the JBL rest in um oh, in Japan, Hanson, Hanson. I was setting you up for a Stan Hanson. Oh, Stan Hanson, <laughs> Hanson.
0: If you have not listened to our Dream matches. Bernard delivered with his Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Stan Hansen in a strap match.
2: Look, guys, I'm one. Yeah, I'm 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 breaking kayfabe right now, guys. Look, I know that I should have gone Stone Cold CM Punk. I knew as soon as the words came out of my mouth that I went the wrong direction, because I would love to see Stone Cold and Punk. I I don't know what to say other than it was a temporary lapse in judgment. I apologize and hope, wrestling Matt fan base, that you can one day forgive me for my burning error. Face completely.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it started off last podcast with the poem. He's kind of oh. getting those droopy eyes. Everybody's crying, tears of laughter. He's turning full face, baby. I can I can dig it. It's a it's a good feel for the faces of fantasy for the pick is in for Razzball. Hey, I'm even having, don't tell anybody, but I'm having a fantasy football affair. Um, End of the night, it's time for the delight. Those yum-yums. Give me your match of the night, Joey Wright, followed by Burner.
3: Um, Match of the night for me is Jericho Dragon, Ultimo Dragon. Uh, It's my favorite match. It was awesome to watch. Woo! No Piper Flair there, huh? You, You would think so, but as far as like a wrestling match, um, you know, Jericho, right. Ultima dragon burner hit me with the baby. I want to hear this as much as I
2: enjoyed your match, Joey Piper flair. I loved, I mean, it, that is wrestling to me. It doesn't get any better. Call me old. I don't give a shit, but no, it, that, that was my match of the night. Awesome,
0: man. We all had different matches of the night. Mine was the Steiner brothers. And Muda and Jono. I thought I just loved seeing the Japanese style. And I just knew I was like, oh, the Steiners are rough as fuck. This is gonna be and I loved it from beginning to end the clothesline off the top rope to start it. Like to me, this match to me delivered. So I loved it. All right, let's wrap it up. Performer of the night, Mr. Rat.
3: Uh Muda. Um, it, he never stopped, it was amazing. He did everything I love except the mist. I didn't see him throw the mist once, but that's you know, sometimes you don't need the mist. And like I said, he's still going at 58 years old. Mood is my performer of the night. And
2: woo! How about you, Mr. Burner? Flair. I don't think I need to say anything else. My God. That man. Oh, that yeah. man perfected the craft.
0: Um mine is not. <sighs> it's not like the best wrestler of the night, but it was a match that I could tolerate. And I think it was because I've seen all the Mongo highlights of how bad he was, but to see Jer- Jeff Jarrett carry the match, like he did. I was very impressed with what I saw out of that match. As far as storytelling, as far as Jeff Jarrett leading, controlling a match of green go, like a Mongo who just doesn't have that ring uh, awareness. Guys, we are done. We are in the books. Next week, we are bringing you a SummerSlam. We're kind of tinkering it. Do we want to go 97? Do we want to go Hogan Sean? Do we want to go? What do we want? We'll find out soon. We'll drop it. This will drop Monday morning. You're listening to it. A little wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. It is the Maddie Daddy. It is Burner. It is Joey. Joey, last words.
3: Uh, I really enjoy this. My first recap. Um, of a pay-per-view and I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was super fun to go back and watch this. Um, And you can find me on Twitter at the Joey, Wright. Um, I write for Razzball. We've got the Razball coming up. We're still accepting submissions. Uh, you can go to Razball.com and enter there. And I, you can find my rankings on fantasy pros. Uh, I am an expert consensus ranker with them. Uh, So yeah. Awesome. And always here on the pod. Love it.
0: All right, Hector Garza, I mean, Clayton Stoneberger, what
2: do you have for us? Well, I may not be an expert consensus ranker, but you can find me on Twitter at Burner Stone. You can also find my baby, my podcast, at Faces of Fantasy, where I interview the biggest and best names in fantasy football analysts today. And... I am also the new co-host with Matt Kelly over at The Pick Is In FFP. That's right. The Pick Is In Fantasy Football Podcast, where we cover redraft, dynasty, best ball, and especially DFS. Let us win you some money, man. Come check it out. Here comes the money.
0: From money to matches to Jeff Jarrett to... Spend my day Working hard on the go Hands on the clock Keep spinning too slow I gotta go to sleep With my baby tonight Till next week guys It has been a pleasure My Trent Hey Gene Oglin It's me Joey Wright Razzball You know I need to know Who is DDP's partner Hit me up
1: Waiting on the morrow, trying to fill up us hollow. You gonna know my name? You gonna know my name?